All right, so welcome back. Episode 32 of the No Cap Sports Podcast. So as we always do, it started out with another fight this week, Josh. Man, full disclosure, you know, had a bad day at work. No cap. This is a little therapeutic for me, you know. Had a bad day at work, you feel me? You know, got a couple of personal issues brewing. I knew it was going to be a bad, you know, the start to the week when they canceled the, the Keisha Ashanti versus. How did y'all feel about that? Like, how did you feel about it last week? It, it got, we said it was canceled last week? No, I'm saying we talked about, you know, how excited we was for it last oh, week. I'm saying, though, like, how, well, when did y'all hear it was canceled? The weekend? Mm. Like Friday? Like the day of, huh? That's, that's what I was, I was, was like, I didn't hear it until, like, it was supposed to happen. I was wondering when it's happening, and then it's like, oh, it's canceled. They was like, something got cold. <laughs> I just feel like. I think she was just smoke, bro. I, I feel the same way, too. I like, I, not to say that she's not a good, I mean, she's pretty. You know, she got Ja Rule. Yeah, that's big. That is that's big, bro. That is, I've had a crush on her for a long time. I don't know. It's five like. women on this earth. It's five hey. women on this earth that I risk it all for, bro. She's that's too one many. of them. That's too many. Five? That's that's way too many. Yeah, five. You got like three. No, it's two, not. Three too many, bro. Uh, you said risk it all. Really, five really, too many. Really, really four too many. No, it's you really always, five. You, you got to have you one of your bags. Because you don't risk it off of your you mama's dick. That's mean, you, yeah. the woman. So. But he's talking about a different kind of risk it all, so I wouldn't. Hmm. I mean, you risk it all. I mean, I risk it, but risk it. Risk it all. all I was about to say, like, you know, I'm not going to. I'm not taking no. I'm not going to go outside. I'm saying for not a Shanti. Now, Megan Thee Stallion. You know, I'll do some probation. I said some probation. I'll wear a monitor for her, but not for Ashanti. And so that just shows, goes to show you, you know, um, be responsible. We, we all know she was ducking smoke, whoop to whoop to whoop. I think Keisha, I think we all agree Keisha would have handled her pretty soundly. But hey, that's for uh, the, the others to decide. So the one they gave us, E40 and Too Short, did y'all know that first of all? That's the one they gave <laughs> no. I was about to say, Nick did not look like he was informed. I was like, that's so, so you, old school California. It's the Bay Area, baby. Um, name two, two short E40 songs on top of your head right now. Uh, Blow the Whistle and Choice. I said two, brother. Oh. Uh, of each. Of each. Okay. okay. But that's a good answer because I knew that was going to be the first answer. So give me, a, give me another. E40. I mean, I, just, I don't know. He I was on know uh, the Big Sean song, huh? He was yeah, on the like Big Sean. Oh, okay. Yeah, but uh, you know what's crazy, though? Too short, what? my pop's favorite rapper, bro. <laughs> he being there whipping up to too short. Yeah. Well, you know, to look at the verses analytically, you know, they're both guys are from the Bay. Both are famous and, you know, rose to stardom, what, I guess, in the 1990s. I feel like too short had been a little, had been famous a little longer than reported that song. Welcome back. You know, my man Nick, let me have the intro for the first segment. We're going to jump into... LSU's major upset versus Florida. You know, Kyle Trash still ball. You know, LSU still has to lose a record with that, uh, even with this victory. But, um, yeah, what do you guys think about it? Well, I mean, starting out, I want to, you know, of course, give credit to the winning team. You know, LSU a team a lot of people didn't think had a chance coming into this game. Uh, true freshman quarterback getting his first college football start, going up against a Heisman candidate in Kyle Trask. Max Johnson gets his first start, throws for 239 yards, three touchdowns, and also has 52 rushing yards. Kind of exposed that weak Florida defense that we've been talking about uh, just about all season. 
And so, you know, the Florida – the LSU offense put up 37 points, uh, ended up being enough to win that game. And Florida had a chance to, you know, take it to overtime at the end, kick and miss the field goal. But to me, of course, any Florida game comes down to how Kyle Trask plays. He's their Heisman candidate guy, and he turned the ball over Peace. three times. Two picks. Oh, picks and a fumble. Yeah, and a, and a bad fumble, too, which gave – LSU a field goal at the, right before halftime to take a seven or ten point lead. I can't remember off the top of my head. So he had two major turnovers. Like I said, one of those picks was a pick six. And I think he might have hurt his Heisman candidacy with his performance against LSU. I definitely don't think it's a question. Not to say that, you know, it's even deserves. You know, definitely turned the ball over three times. But he did have two rushing touchdowns, two passing touchdowns. So, uh, but, you know, that's the, that's the thing that you get, you know, playing the SEC, even in a, you know, quote-unquote down year, every week is a battle, you know, you know. That's what makes Alabama's dynasty so amazing, that they're able to consistently dominate the toughest conference in football. But, uh, and it gives – the thing about that is it, it you know, kind of gives people a perspective on, like, oh, Alabama can do it, all these other teams can do it. But, no, you know, it's still the toughest conference in football, arguably, inarguably, really. Mm, question, I mean, it is. SAA kind of tough. You said, oh, nah, bro, nah. I thought you were throwing up a gang sign or something. But nah, it's just, that's the pitfall of the plan in the conference like that. You know, the ones that survived, like a Derrick Henry, like a Mark Ingram, like any other quarterback from 2010 to 2020, you know, usually ends up with a numerous amount of accolades. Or, you know, honestly, when's the last time the best player in the SEC hasn't got invited to New York? Don't even know. Exactly. And there's expectation with the fans and the media in this conference that, you know, one or two losses, and you're out of there. Even yeah. with how we've seen with Georgia, you know, a lot of people ruled them out of the, the conference championship game, and they're still ninth in the country and had one of the best defenses. But, um, you know, yeah. I definitely think it takes – I would say it takes trash out of Heisman contention just because I don't think Alabama's going to lose at any point this season. I don't think it does anything for your draft stop. First of all, shout-out Max Johnson and the Bayou Bengals. You know, Max Johnson being Brad Johnson's son. Brad Johnson, he was kind of – he was okay in the NFL. You know, he did a little something. A little something, something. You looking at me, Nick? But with Kyle Trash, you know. You just don't be up on your history, man. Yeah, bro. That generic name? What, Brad Johnson? Come on now. You know how many people could name be bad name, Brad Johnson? I don't think he made a Pro Bowl. I don't think he made a Pro Bowl or anything, but he was solid, bro, you know? Yeah. Am I supposed to know? Ron Fitzpatrick status, bro. Oh, no. Very solid. He just saw it. Nah, David Carr is. status, bro, you know? Yeah. Harry Carr status. He's just okay, bro. Kerry Collins status, bro, you know? You <laughs> <laughs> deep in your bag of average. I was about to say, Kerry Collins? He pulled that one out of rabbit. But, uh, you know, going, going to this game, I realized it was going to toss up when LSU uh, did a self-imposed ban. That basically was they were finally out of the season. But they're not going to play in the postseason, regardless of what happens. They ban themselves, so it's like you know, you pull up, you pull out all the stops. First of all, that kicker making a, a fifty-seven yarder in like what the mist, bro? Yes. You can't see the goalpost, so it's literally just kicking in that di- 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 direction and hope he goes in, bro. So uh, with Kyle Trash, it does take him out of Heisman contention unless they pull up, pull out the upset of the century against the uh, Alabama. Which is not going to happen. The Alabama century? might throw up eighty on the sixteenth. Yeah. The sixteenth. The sixth best team in the country. It would be a what you said a monumental upset. I mean, yeah, it's the sixth best team in the country with two losses. One loss to an unranked LSU, 
the other loss to Texas A&M. So, you know, I, I've got a lot of problems with the college football rankings, the latest ones, but I'm not going to get into that right now. But instead, right. I want to talk to you guys about coaching, you know, like Van said, this championship matchup with Alabama. After their loss to LSU, how y'all feeling about Florida coming into this game? I'm not wasting my time watching that game. <laughs> Man, you you're gonna, you gonna look up, it's gonna be 35 35 in the fourth quarter. It's gonna be a dog fight. Shut up, bro. It's gonna be 70 to 35 in the fourth quarter. <laughs> wow. <laughs> let's be let's be real here. Let's be real here. They're not gonna be beating them for about no 35. At the start of the fourth quarter? Bro, they can't play that's defense. That's five touchdowns, brother. Five touchdowns? I mean, gonna I'm not going to lie. That's putting, better that, than? that's putting a lot of pressure on Kyle Trash's shoulder to compete yes. with Alabama, essentially, all by himself on the offensive side of the ball. Because if mm, – All by himself. Kyle Pitts is – Well, I mean – I'm saying, 20, like – Jago Coleman. saying he threw, 47, he threw 47 passes against LSU. And, and they still I also know – yeah, exactly. He dropped 34 in the L, bro. A L. Yes. And I will know he didn't have Kyle Pitts' favorite target, you know, against LSU. But still, if you have to come out and play essentially your best game every game, it's going to be hard to beat a team like Alabama. I feel that. I mean, I don't – I still don't think – I mean, football is week-to-week game. I just think sometimes matchups and the way – like, I didn't think that LSU's kicker had a 57-yarder in him, honestly. I don't think that – Florida is even two or three touchdowns. I'm not as invested in this as loss. Obviously, I think it, you know, dashes any hopes of, you know, college football playoffs for Florida. But yeah. I don't think that makes them any less of a team, per se, if you give it Well, yeah, team. I get what you're saying. But I'm just saying, coming into this conference championship matchup, you got a defense that's giving up 384.7 yards per game, 50th-ranked defense in all of college football. They've already given up 34 offensive touchdowns. You go up against an explosive offense with weapons like Devontae Smith, Najee Harris, Mac Jones, who's really playing, I think, very good football right now in terms of just getting the ball in the hands of his playmakers. It's going to get ugly for Floyd on the defensive side of the ball. And this is – they're not playing LSU again. So that 37 they gave up to LSU, you can expect that uh, number to be maybe doubled by Alabama in this conference championship game. And crazy stuff happens in Atlanta every year, bro. Every yeah. year. 60, 66, 35. 66. That's the final score. All right, and so since we talked about Florida, you know, coming off that loss to LSU, they got a big matchup this week in, uh, in playing Alabama in the SEC championship. And so what we're going to do for y'all this week, in addition to our NFL pick-ems, we're going to do a college football conference championship pick-em. So let's get straight into it, starting with Alabama-Florida, of course. So who you guys got? Alabama. Yeah, I think that's a clean, clean sweep for Bama in that one. Up next, we got Clemson and Notre Dame. Uh, earlier matchup, as we all know, double overtime game. Uh, Notre Dame took the win. Clemson had DJU starting quarterback that game. So, who do you guys take this game with Trevor Lawrence uh, playing in this one? Clemson? Pretty easily. Yeah, I'm going to rock with Clemson. I feel like this second is going to be pretty easy, but I'm going to go with the flow. Okay, so up next, we got Big 12 Conference Championship. We got, what, 10th-ranked Oklahoma versus 6th-ranked mm-hmm. Iowa State. They 6? I hate both of those teams. And the college football playoff rankings, I not AP Poe. I, 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 I don't know how. They lost by double digits to I was about to say, Oklahoma Louisiana. had at least 
two losses, or maybe three. I haven't seen Iowa State I, play since Alan Lazar graduated. So <laughs> I'm so out of there. But they always upset somebody. So maybe they probably got they one big upset. Didn't they beat Oklahoma actually? Or they beat another Big 12 team? I'm just going to keep it simple. I'm going to with Oklahoma. I think Lincoln Riley going to cook something up, get them boys out of there. He's been running the Big 12 ever since he got there. So give me Oklahoma. Um, Iowa State. They got a really good running back. They got a really good defense. Um, I really feel bad about evaluating this game and literally not having laid eyes on Iowa State all year. But uh, then they got a pretty good quarterback. They got a pretty good running game. Oh, oh, Oklahoma was – oh, yeah. The white, that white guy. No, there's a lot of white guys in college football. I, Oklahoma has just been too inconsistent. I think Spencer Riley chose at some point in this game. Give me Iowa State. Right. Mm, Oklahoma is hitting a stride right now. I'm going to go with Oklahoma. They was unranked a lot of Oklahoma. They hit the stride. They're like on a four or five game winning streak. Next game we got Big Ten Conference Championship game. We got fourth ranked Ohio State. Northwestern. That ground and pound not gonna work uh, for Northwestern against Ohio State. It's just too much power, bro. Um, Ohio State by ten. Yeah, I'm gonna say they could. They could yeah, that's Ohio what, State. That's what I was gonna say, Vance. You look at how uh, Ohio State played against Indiana. I want to say Justin Fields turned the ball over three times. I think it could be a similar script here with a very uh, talented Northwestern defense, but I still think. Uh, Ohio State comes out. I'm saying you say all that. Oh yeah, just I just say, I just want to let the people know it's going to be a closer game than you might think. I don't even believe that. You know, Ohio State probably is uh, probably the pound for pound most talented team in the country across the board. Uh, and Northwestern is known for uh, journalism <laughs> and a long drought. Oh yeah, Nick knows. So yeah, give me Ohio State, man, <laughs> for sure. Give me Ohio State for sure. All right, next game we got Pac-12 Conference Championship. We got Oregon versus uh, the 13th, 13th ranked USC. Mm. Mm. Omar, uh, those uh, those Brown brothers, they're like the football ball, the football version of the balls. He had four touchdowns in one quarter recently, yeah. so that's kind of uh, crazy. What? Nah, for sure. Amon Ra, that, that he's like that. I'm sorry. I missed, I missed that one. No, nah, four touchdowns in Sheesh. the first quarter. Not no other. The first off rip. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Oregon got Kevon Thibodeau, the best offensive uh, lineman in the country, putting so soil Sewell. Hope I said that right. Um, hmm. or but Oregon wasn't really expecting to play, though. That's the only thing. They got kind of shoved yeah. into this spot. Give me Oregon, man. Shout out my boy Asa, man. Big Doug Nation. We coming through. Yeah. Come on now. Quit playing me. I almost lost my focus over there. Give me Oregon, man. Sure. Me Oregon. Well, I'm going to take the lead. You know, shout out to Mitchell, you know, former Oregon product, White Station also. But give yes, me USC. Man. Fight on. Yeah, I'm going to keep this one simple. USC, that offense is cooking up. Keen Slovis, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Trayvon. They got something special going on over there. Oregon is a team that just hasn't impressed me all season. They got three losses already, so just give me USC, man. But uh, <laughs> last game we got. We got a special game. You know, it's not a Power Five conference championship game, but it's a conference championship game between two teams ranked inside the top 25. So we're going to go with the Sun Belt Conference Championship, number 19, Louisiana, versus number 12, Coastal Carolina. So who you guys rocking with? ULL, they be somebody good in the beginning of the season. Iowa State. 
Where's the game at? No, oh, but I'll be stealing my questions, bro. Actually, that, that, that's don't a valid question because I want to say Sunbelt plays theirs at the higher seed. They're playing in Conway, South Carolina, so they're playing at Coast. So, Louisiana actually beat Iowa State. They beat they, – they, they already lost to Coastal by three. Ah, oh, give me give me Coastal. I, I'm going to go – if it was neutral site, I would have picked you well, but give me Coastal, bro. So, this game, this is going to be a tough game for me. You know, uh, Levi Wallace, quarterback of Louisiana, one of my uh, one of my favorite players in college football, dynamic dual threat guy. Uh, but Coastal Carolina, man, they just got that winning formula. Hold the ball, eat that clock up, play good defense. So I, I'm going to have to go with Coastal Carolina. That offense is like, very hard to stop. Exactly. And like Van That's said, they're America's hard. team right now. They riding high. So. They're going to be America's selling uh, if they keep abusing quarterbacks like this. So now that we talked about, you know, all the teams that are playing this fall, you know, wrapping that seasons up, we got a number of college football teams that are going to be uh, getting started in the spring. And one of those teams has picked up a lot of steam on the recruiting trail, and that's the Jackson State uh, Tigers. You look at what Dion's doing, using social media to his advantage, getting a lot of guys in. So since we got a swag guy on this podcast, me. let's go on and talk about it. How you feel about Jackson State picking up uh, steam on the recruiting trail? I mean, you know, I would be, you know – under a, a rather heavy rock to not see it, of course. You know, one thing that Jalen and Quincy discussed on our interview, he was just, you know, what this kind of means for football, but also the impact of community that's going to have on Jackson in the greater Mississippi area. Uh, I can't, it can't be overstated. And now that Dion is really legitimizing it by like what you said, not legitimizing by social media, but all, you know, all the instant impact recruits that he's getting, you know, out of nowhere, you know, it's, like I said, bro, like it's, it's bringing that glitz and glamour to HBCUs and specifically the swag. So um, that's the first thing I want to acknowledge and just say that, um, you know, I'm thankful. I wouldn't be in a position where I met without Deion Sanders or a position, a position to have as many eyeballs on me without Deion Sanders. So, you know, that's the first thing. Second thing, I'm going to let him live, bro. I'm going <laughs> to let him live. I'm going to let him live right now. Um. Great program, you know. Obviously, they beat us last year. Um, they have a they have a talent base there. That's the thing. They got Shiloh Sanders. They got Shadur Sanders. They got um, Abdul McClain from USC. They got Aubrey Miller from Mizzou. You know, embarrassment of riches right now. Yeah. Oh, Deion Sanders is literally the best cornerback to ever play the game, and you know it's the the Penny Hardaway effect magnified times three. Yeah. Penny Hardaway is a local legend. Deion Sanders is a national legend. Yeah, because uh, my bad. I didn't mean to cut you off, but earlier today, I'm just, you know, scrolling through. I see a video. It's Deion and his two DB coaches, and he's like, you know, I got X amount of years of experience. These two guys have X amount of years of experience. And I want to say in total, they ended up with like 49 years of experience playing or coaching football. And he simply said, we shouldn't be coming to uh, recruit you. You guys should be coming to us because we're going to get you to where you want to go. And I think that's the biggest thing, the biggest advantage that Dion has on his side right now. Like, you look at guys that are transferring in from other programs, a Mississippi State transferring cornerback, a Javorius Selman. Uh, you know, he's got a commitment from a 2021 three-star athlete. He's getting all of these guys because, look, you want to play with Prime, man. It's that simple. He got the state transfer the day of. Holmes County uh, Juco guy the next day. 
okay, one, two, got a guy from Gold Coast, got a, a guy, I got Shador, got a Tennessee walk-on, another high school guy, eight, Florida State DB, FIU, uh, interior lineman translation, uh, USC outside linebacker, Missouri, uh, Missouri offensive lineman, another Trinity Valley guy, which is definitely one of the best coaches in Texas, don't ever get it mistaken. And then, you know, the aforementioned forex god himself, uh, <laughs> Robert Miller. Yeah, you know, I'm going to let them live. I'm going to let them live, man. You know, I'm ready to play. That's all I can yeah. say about it. Hey, bro. They recruiting from coast to coast. Florida exactly. to California, bro. Yes. Like, that, man, that man is pipping all over the world, bro. I mean, PV going to have to step up their game. Whole yeah. swag gonna have to step up their game, bro. No, I was about to say, Lately, no cap. Like this is gonna, you know, you know, other coaches, coaches in the swag are gonna have to respond, and we're gonna have to, you know, like you said, raise the game because nobody wants to be getting run off the field by no Jackson State every game. Like, mm. first of all, it's not gonna it's happen. Gonna be, it's gonna get scary. Hey, <laughs> I'm telling you though, that's this. Even we even see it in basketball. Like you cannot roll the balls out and let them boys play if you don't have the right system. You don't have the right chemistry. You know, you don't manage egos right way. You can turn a situation that looks – you see how it goes with Memphis time and time again. You can turn a promising situation into a downward spiral instantly, very quickly. They have to run football just like East Mississippi is running in, Mississippi, never, in the state of Mississippi. Never. Watch. Basketball, football and basketball are two different sports. The, the quick assimilation of talent doesn't work as well in football as it does in yes, football. Yes, it does. Remember the Eagles? Remember the Eagles? The dream team? College football, the the stars win the game. That's what I was going to say. It's different for college football than professional football. Because professional football, you got a a pool of athletes that are just about on the same level, in my opinion. You know, that's that cream of the crop athlete. In college football, especially in a lower division, no disrespect to y'all, but it's like, you know, D1, FBS, all of that. You know, in the lower division, if you have more talent than somebody, nine times out of ten, you're going to win. I'm gonna just, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but don't underestimate the amount of P, D, uh, D, D5, P5 bounce backs that every team in the SWAC has. Yeah. You know, not to say, not to brag on my own conference, but, you know, I think the SWAC is probably one of the most difficult FCS conferences in, in FCS. You know, uh, Alcorn State has won back to 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 continue Swaggy Championship. NCAT just had an offensive alignment, a 6'8 offensive alignment, drafted in the second round to the Colts. You know, there's talent in these, there's talent in this conference because there's talent within each individual cities and states that these schools reside. So, you know, I think the Swag gets a bad rep. You know, honestly, I understand why as somebody that wasn't focused on HBCU football and this way before, you know, going to a swag school. So, you know, having that perspective has really allowed me to see like, you know, there are guys that, that are P5 bounce backs, they're not the name names that come in and don't get the playing time that they expect. Yeah. You know, come in and, you know, thinking that I had this reputation. I came from Texas A&M. I came from this school. I came from that school. And I'm going to be able to dominate this competition. And the first day of practice, it becomes very apparent that, like, there's a reason that these guys are on scholarship, too. If y'all could do it again, with, with, if you was a four- or five-star recruit, would you uh, take a visit to Jackson State? Oh, oh most definitely. What? For being from Memphis and going to Jackson State? First of all, all three of us, especially First y'all. of all, you're not from Memphis no more, but continue. Whatever. Dirty dreads. 
We all know how we know how we all know how Jackson State how lit it is even without Deion Sanders and how that town and school operates. You have had uh, inserted the most legendary person you can literally find. Literally, I don't think you can find anybody more famous than Deion Sanders to run the, the football team. And you have you and uh, you infuse that energy, that confidence. His name, his name is Prime Time. Come on now, and you infuse that with you know a deeply embedded Mississippi culture. Uh, you know, a team, uh, a city, and a school that's very proud of their university and team, but just haven't had the reason, you know, honestly, to yeah. to get excited in the past couple of years. You know, what is the Southern Heritage Classic going to look like with Deion Sanders? Insane, insane, insane. I would be there. I'm going to be there. I might miss I'm my there. game to be there. Yeah, I'm going to be there. <laughs> I'm going to be there. I don't care. Like, see, even as excited we're getting on this, like, this just shows the impact. You know. That Deion Sanders has had. But I still want to kick his ass. Still want to kick his ass. All right. And so now we're going to get into our NFL storylines from this week. And of course, we got to start out with a debut performance of Jalen Hurts in his first start. He led the Eagles to a 24 to 21 victory over the New Orleans Saints uh, on Sunday. And in this game, he contributed 167 yards through the air, a touchdown to go along with 106 rushing yards. And so, the thing with Jalen Hurts, he really energized this Eagles offense, in my opinion, and he led them to an early 17 to nothing lead. So what did you guys see in Jalen Hurts' Hertz's debut? Pause, Nicholas. <laughs> um, before we get any deeper, like Vance, you know, accurately threw up, we have to mention that Jalen Hurts is an Omega. You know? Yeah. I seen him seeing his tongue guy. I was kind of wondering about the, the false claiming, you know, on the sideline. But then I felt like he was actually an Omega. Is that why he cut his dress? I just thought about it. I don't think so, because he cut his dreads like Before, it, was huh? a bet, it was a bet with Tua uh, about the championship game or something, and so he cut him. <laughs> I bet I replaced him. <laughs> that's crazy. Cut your hair off too, boy. Um, wow, that's <laughs> wild. Um, no, I think that obviously, you know, they draft Jay, they spend a second round pick on Jalen Hurts, so they think he's talented. You know, second round picks are extremely valuable. Um, Y'all believe that he's been better than Carson Wentz for a, uh, at least a number of weeks. I'm not so certain just because, you know, I'm never going to – I'm never going to say a rookie is better than this or that person because, you know, they've never even been in, you know, the field yet. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we definitely can predict it. But um, especially the quarterback position in the NFL, that's the biggest adjustment. The quarterback adjustment from one level to the next is always going to be crazy because defense, you're literally the focal point. Like, nothing – Yeah. Like – like, you got to no, touch the ball every play. I hear what you're saying. No, there's no more important position to the overall game than quarterback is to football. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, Jalen Hurd looked more impressive than I thought he would. Maybe y'all thought he, you know, wasn't going to produce something like that. I didn't think he had it in him. Not that he had, didn't have it in him. I didn't think that he would show it the first game. You mm-hmm. know, a beautiful dime to – Alshon Jeffrey. Thank you. Fourth and two? Yeah. Yeah, that's a money. And it's crazy because, you know, what was Jalen Hurts' biggest thing coming out of Alabama? The reason he had to transfer accuracy. Not a pro-style quarterback. I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people say, you know, he wasn't a good passer X, Y, Z. And that wasn't asked of him at Alabama. Let's take that into consideration. That is very true. You have less opportunities to throw the ball, less opportunities to really utilize the playmakers you have on the outside, you know, a lot of RPO throws, things like that. But what I saw in Jalen Hurts when he transferred to Oklahoma, 
his arm talent jumped off the tape. Not the exactly. good job, but it, it jumped off the tape, and people weren't people didn't see it in the SEC because Nick Saban honestly never explored Hurts' repertoire like that. But and I I'm, know you're gonna say something. I mean, it's fair to I'm, it's fair to criticize him because you look at that national oh, championship he, game. He wasn't he wasn't game. getting it done. Yeah, he exactly. Whatever game versus Georgia, he got pulled and you know Tua replaced him. He wasn't getting it done in the passing game, so they went to Tua. He goes to Oklahoma, develops as a passer. And I think you see some of that uh, development as a passer still coming into play in the NFL. You look at him uh, on the night, 17 for 30. Uh, that's, you know, in my opinion, that's a great job. Peterson really got him going early in the game with some easy early throws, some screens, allowing him to use his legs, get it, you know, get into the flow of the game early. And then what really impressed me was, you know, he's able to use his legs. And when he uses his legs, he's not always running to run. He's running to see what happens, you know, what opens up for him. And yet again, I want to bring this play up. Fourth and 18, uh, last week when he took over for Carson Wentz, threw that beautiful ball to Greg Ward in the end zone. And that's really the element that Jalen Hurts brings to his offense that Carson Wentz didn't. So what do you think, Vance? Uh, well, you know, first of all, you heard of Elf on the Shelf giving up for Wentz on the bench, bro. <laughs> first of all, get, get that man Hey, get him in the studio, bro. You can't be dropping these dimes for free, bro. Come on now. It's on the bench. The, the, the way I see it, I think they're both about the same, but Jalen is much better for this offense, particularly with that offensive line is injured. So Carson Wentz was the most sacked uh, quarterback in the NFL this season. I think he was like ever, like he's been the most sacked quarterback yeah. ever. What he's only played 12 games, that's ridiculous. Uh, so Carson Wentz, I don't think he knows how to read. He, I don't think he knows how to read the offense. So just uh, Washington, he looks at the first. Uh, he looks at his first read. The first read's not there. He holds on to the ball, mm-hmm. and he's been getting injured so much. He's a step slower. So these DNs that's running them four fives, four sixes, they gonna catch Carson Wentz pretty yeah. quickly compared to Jalen Hurts, who's already with the second, third most athletic quarterback in the NFL behind what Kyler and uh. Lamar, maybe? Probably third. So, yeah. you get away from the pressure, you know, make more plays Josh on his feet. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Hmm. I mean, he just, he's a better fit for the Eagles, though. Particularly yeah. with that, that weak offensive line, you make more plays on your feet. We saw that this past week against the Saints, who has, what, a top five defense? Yeah, you can't man. deny defense, that defense, talent, bro. defense in the league right now. That yeah. was crazy. Second in total defense, fifth in points allowed. You know, he put up 24 points and got the victory. But what impressed me the most about Jalen Hurts, I know I keep saying this, not only his ability to get out of the pocket and make plays, but his ability to stand in the pocket and still deliver good balls. Mm-hmm. Like like Josh mentioned earlier, that fourth and two play, the back shoulder ball he threw to Alshon Jeffrey, he got smacked on, a, on an inside blitz by the Saints defense. Still delivered yeah. a good ball, still got it there on time. And that's something we didn't see with Carson Wentz. You talk about him holding the ball. It's like he knows he's going to get hit, and he just throws his mechanics all out of whack. Like I said last week, leads the league in off-target incompletions. And that's something that Jalen Hurts came in, got the job done, completed the throws he was supposed to complete, threw the balls away he was supposed to throw away, and came out on top. So and Carson Wentz is done, bro. Yeah. So to close out, that's actually the question I wanted to ask. Uh, after the game, Miles Sanders, the Eagles starting running back, said the tape shows for itself. He's a natural leader. He said that of Jalen Hurts. So what do you guys think is the future of the Eagles at quarterback? Is it Hurts or is it Wentz? You can't even trade Carson Wentz, bro. You can't even trade him. 
Exactly. He's got a horrible contract. Somebody give him a chance. Carson Wentz is done. Ryan Fitzpatrick Jr., bro. He'll be a journeyman. 36 Carson Wentz was going to win MVP before he got hurt. Vince Young was going to win MVP also. RG3 was pretty cold also. Hey, hey, Nick, y'all can do the rest of the jump without me. I mean, I'm just going to keep it a stack, though. I, I'd love to say Carson Wentz is done, but for the Eagles. I, seen, I think I've seen him working at Nike today, but I don't care. I think he but um, I, think that's, <laughs> I think that's more – I think it's good to say it's likely that Carson Wentz's career is over as an Eagle. But <laughs> – at 26. I'm saying as an eagle, as an eagle, as an eagle. So they're going to, they're going to, they're basically, y'all are thinking that. No, I said, I said, but can I get to my butt first? But his contract is going to make it to where the Eagles have to do everything they can to make it work. $36 million cap hit, even if he's not on the team next year. That's just dead cap space. So, I mean, like, they have to try to find a way to make it work. But if they don't, Carson Wentz will likely just be an expensive backup, and that's definitely what you don't want in a team that has a lot of holes that it needs to fill all over the offensive line and especially the defense. So I just think it's a tough situation, but I feel like the Eagles are going to try to make it work with Carson Wentz. I highly doubt they find a trade partner. So, Question, not question, statement. I'm just because, first of all, that's way too much money for one person. I'm sorry, $30 million? So I'm I'm just looking at thirty things you can do with thirty million dollars because the taxes you know after thirty six <laughs> he'll only go he'll only take home a paltry thirty yeah so, um you can buy the moon with thirty million dollars I didn't know that was an option that and you it, could do well uh you can buy the moon with thirty million but instead you giving that to the worst quarterback in the NFC East oh, wow. Sheesh, mm. that's heavy <laughs> the point is being. $30 million is an exuberant amount of money, like Nick said, actually pretty nicely, to give it to the fourth best quarterback in the work division in football. So, uh, definitely, hey, you hate to see it. Life comes at you fast. Philadelphia got the Sixers. They'll be all right. All right. So, another NFL storyline from this week, the Sunday night football game in which the Steelers suffered their second loss in a row, this time to the Bills, 26-15. to with this loss, they fall out of place, out, out of first place in the AFC. And I just got to ask you guys, is this a slippery slope for the Steelers after they've dropped two games in a row? Them boys are pretenders. Mm. Pretenders for sure, bro. Wow. Why you say that? Boys, it got cold. They can't catch now. It got cold. They can't catch. Yeah, Deontay Even Johnson had, what, two, three drops in the first quarter, got benched? Yeah. Deontay Johnson's trash, bro. He can do everything but catch. He should be a DB, bro. I wonder how he'll fare a DB. <laughs> yeah, because Vance is saying something really dumb. What's going on on December 23rd? Why, why, why does it keep popping up on my Twitter timeline? Black people get superpowers. <laughs> like three planets. Maybe <laughs> oh, Deontay Johnson will unlock his hands, bro, because he's going to need That was good. Hey, this man is <laughs> The the Steelers, bro, mm, they defense is getting injured, you know, the deeper in the season. They slowing down a little bit. They'll be able to keep the Steelers in the game. But uh, mm. 
it's getting cold, but you know Ben Roethlisberger, he got one of the stronger arms in the NFL. It's going to be hard to catch them fastballs. Hey, brother. Hey, I got to stop this real quick. Hey, Vance, wipe right here, bro. The hateration is, 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 is on your cheeks, bro. Come on now. You can't say it. No. You know, they last last year. Last week they lose to Washington, you know, Washington football team. They have the best – they have the one of the best defensive players in the NFL already in Chase Young. One of the best defenses already, you know. So that like we said, like that's a bad matchup, you know, chalk it up, whatever. This week they played the Bills. They are eight and three. They were the best secondary before DeAndre Hopkins kind of just like, yeah, put y'all y'all place a little bit. But they got their swagger back. You know, Josh Allen is an MVP candidate. So uh yeah. At least this time they bro, stop saying no, he's not, bro. No, he's not. <laughs> he, he is. is. He is. None of that. He don't, but, though, but he is. Bro. But jo- I don't even want to talk about Josh Allen right now. I want to talk to you, to Josh Crawford. Oh, it's mean. time for you to stop believing in the Steelers, bro. They're done. They're washed. Bro, first of all, hold they're, on. They're done. After two games? They, they, two started games? Out, they started out 10-0. and 0. Yes, they started out 10-0. and 0. But in those, check this out, in those first 10 games, they only played three playoff teams. Only three. These past – their past three games – doesn't include the Ravens because the Ravens aren't in the playoff I included. Team. I included the Ravens in the three because they're tied for that uh, eight spot, seven spot right now. One playoff game, technically. Well, yeah. They're behind the Dolphins, but they're both eight and five. But anyway, in their last three games, they played three playoff teams, and they're one and two. And so check this out. Weeks one through 11 – the the Steelers were ten and zero, averaging twenty nine point eight points per game, hundred and two point two rush yards per game, hundred and one point one uh, passer rating, and a sixty nine point four red zone touchdown percentage. Great numbers, but they weren't playing nobody. So you come uh, back weeks twelve through fourteen. Like I said, they played three playoff teams in that week span. They're one and two, seventeen points per game, forty five point three rush yards per game. 77.7 passer rating and a 44.4 red zone touchdown percentage. And as you can see, the Steelers' offense is continuing to get worse and worse over their past. Uh, ever since week eight, the Steelers' offense has decreased in points and, and yards in every single game. Let that sink in, bro. Points and uh, yards every single game. Three games, you mean? No, I'm saying since since week eight. Oh, so what? Oh, so five. Oh, it's going to be week six. Yeah, so what, six games in a row? Six, yeah. Yeah, and then on top of that, bro, like I said, all of these offensive problems, they showed up versus the Bills. The offense went one for ten on third down in the game, and they they didn't have a third down longer than nine yards. Mm. That's unacceptable. You can't win games like that. They've scored zero offensive points in in the first quarter in four straight games. And they still can't run the ball. Only had 47 rush yards versus the Bills, which was good for 2.7 yards per carry. Garbage. Got James Conner back. Garbage. I, I just don't understand what you're seeing with this team, bro. They're not good. They're just not good. They cracked the code on the Steelers, bro. They have They're seven not games in a row. Five, five, eight, I seven games in a row with a, a sack. You know, Tyson Alu-Alu. You know, I just don't – I mean, personally, I see a lot of drop passes. That's all I, see. I mean, that's cool. Drop pass is cool. But this is still an offense that can't run the ball, can't convert on. Didn't run it and... last night very well. I don't think they can run the ball. Didn't run it effectively last night. 
they haven't run the ball effectively these past three weeks. Like I said, 45.3 rush yards per game their past three games. That's not going to get the job done versus any team in the NFL. And if yeah. you think – I definitely think they need to diversify their attack. I just don't – like, I think, honestly, with these bad – not bad balls, these bad drops that Deontay Johnson and Eric Ebron are having. And, I don't know, I guess people are started, are started to take pass catchers for granted in the NFL. Marquise Brown definitely dropped three yesterday. Yeah, he did. Three, and he's still a starter, but whatever. Right, I'm going to speak from a receiver standpoint, bro. Catching the ball is just like shooting a jump shot, bro. Sometimes you just go in a slump. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It just happens. You don't know what happens, but you just go in a slump. You see one drop, and it's like, oh, man, I got to make sure I catch the next one. You overthink it, you drop the next one, Steve. It, it happens. I understand. I'm receiving. You know, I play offense. Y'all just, you know, they put the no-skill guys on defense. They just tell y'all to run. Offensive side of the ball. I don't know how much play applies. For sure, for sure. I understand what you're saying, though. But, like, I think you made a very valid point. But I think that defenses are starting to scheme towards, you know, loading the box, having these receivers in man-to-man, simply because they're saying, oh, I don't think – I've actually seen Claypool manned up, but Deontay Johnson, Eric Ebron, (laughs) and the other one that I like, Larry McLeod, one of them other slots they got. Yeah. So teams are more willing to be like, I can go cover zero or cover one with a deep high safety and guard all these guys because guess what? Even I let them catch it. Even if they're open, what are they going to do? Drop yeah. it. Yeah. Well, uh, that, you, can say, you can say that, but that's what the Bills did Sunday night. Not only did they go man-to-man, they went press man. They did. Really, really, jammed, really jammed up those receivers, made it hard for them to get off the line, and it just shows you another problem that they have. They don't have a true number one receiver, in my opinion. They don't have that guy. And it shows. And it also shows that their inability to run the ball is affecting their passing game. You think about the pick six that Big Ben threw, safeties are walked down, press coverage. They're not scared of, you know, anybody taking the top off. The longest pass play of the night was only 20 yards. So why not? Who was that that Levi Wallace caught that pick on? I think that receiver did a horrible job of fighting for the ball. Oh, uh, that was to – it was either James Washington or, Clay, or Claypool. Because he threw it up. Yeah. And I was like – I mean, it was, an ugly, it was an ugly spot. I'm sorry. I mean, I definitely don't think it was the best ball, but I, I don't I, – I remember seeing Levi Wallace jump and the other guy. Yeah. So I was like, well, somebody tried a little harder than the other. But – um. But still, that's you know, two I, picks I, in the I, game I, for Ben Roethlisberger where he threw 37 passes. I just don't think that, you know, I'm a little bit, a little bit more, you know, I guess I'm a defensive guy. I'm just a little bit more slower to react when I see offensive struggles because I feel like, for the most part, not to disrespect your side of the ball, but offensive struggles are more easily, easily but correctable or can be can be uh, fixed easier. Mm-hmm. You know, personnel, scheme, yeah. you know, play call. But if there's a defensive issue, most it's, it's essentially a consistent one. It's more mm-hmm. fundamental. You're yeah. not going to be able to become a better tackling team. You're mm-hmm. not going to be able to – be able to start playing cover zero and cover one, yeah, like the Bills or the Ravens because you don't have those corners or those DBs to yeah. do it. So I definitely understand what you're saying. It's definitely concerning that I don't I, like. I guess you explained it a bit. I don't know why they they went from the best, not the best, but one of the most dynamic receiving groups to now seem to be a minus, mm. um, very quickly too. But I'm not gonna throw all. I'm not gonna throw away the first two weeks of the season. Is what teams that y'all are willing to do. Yeah, so to close this segment out, I got to ask you guys, you know, the Steelers are still number two in the AFC, uh, you know, playoff race. 
So is this a team that can win in the playoffs? And if they are, how deep do you see the Steelers going? First round exit. Heavy. Heavy. What about you, Josh? I don't think they lose into the Super Bowl, honestly. Defense wins championships. Super? Because they would definitely get a, a defense with no Bud Dupree? No. That was good. He, Only the one seed gets the he took, his, he took his AC. He took he tore his AC. So he's not coming back. Yeah, and only like Van said, only the one seed gets to buy this year. And they wouldn't be the one seed, huh? Ooh. Nope. Hey, I like doing a podcast, y'all. Y'all make me think. You don't have to play Ravens first. They Ooh, don't have to play Ravens. Serious? The Ravens or the Dolphins? That's yeah. A, that's a wonderful first round playoff game, too. Is that because of the added seed, or is that would? Yeah, been it's because of the add-in. Um, it's I don't know, man. Like, I just, I mean, they're not going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Pittsburgh they, already uh, beat Baltimore. Just before yeah, they, Jackson happened. You know, they just, like, the, all I do is catch the ball, man. I know it seems to be really kind of like, it's cool. Like, I, know that, I know you don't want to hear it, but all they got to do is start catching the ball. No, they also got to start running the ball. For, like I said, I mean, they weren't doing that before, though. So, like, yeah, I mean, like I said, before, before uh, these three losses, they're averaging. Over 100 rush yards per game, they're down to 45.3. I think Raven McLeod was really bring up because it's, he's already did it in special teams. You know, young, exciting. I said it like he's a rapper. You know, guy from Miami. I thought James, I think James Washington actually does bring a little speed element. Claypool runs a sub 4 4, I think, too. But Raven McLeod is definitely that. He's going to be that offensive Tyreek Hill. And especially with how they've been. Rep- Recording, we're struggling the past three weeks. Then they're gonna need something. They're gonna need a, especially hey. they're gonna need a. G. They're gonna need something to. You just compare Ray Ray McLeod, an undrafted free agent who bounced around. I the said there, bro. There, their version. Hey, I'm Bear sorry, bro. Version. I'm sorry. I'm not gonna let that slide. I'm. That's the worst take I've ever heard in my life. I'm. I'm sorry. I said it has to be. Uh-huh. The best receiver in the league. Compared to. That's so disrespectful. Hey, you gotta, you gotta handwrite Tyreek Hill an apology for that. I'm sorry, man. Tyreek Hill, a grown man like me, not getting no handwritten nothing. He is five five. And last time I seen Tyreek, he got snatched on by a high schooler. <laughs> I hear it. So Tyreek Hill can kiss my ass. We just covered, you know, one uh, AFC North team and the Steelers. So now we gotta talk about a big divisional game between the Ravens oh, and Browns sure. on Monday night. And I think it was one of the better games I've seen all year. So what yeah. do you guys think about this game? <laughs> what you got to say, man? I'm about to say, brother, you on mute, brother. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Terry Crew. My bad, my bad, my bad. Oh, you know, I, I had to take a bathroom break just like Lamar just did, bro. <laughs> bro, he was not taking a bathroom break, bro. I'm sorry. That man definitely pulled up Paul Pierce. That's definitely No, bro. Pierce. You can tell by the way he was running, he was cramping. You bro. can tell he was no. – no. no. That was the – He was running it's straight. coming out. It's coming out. I got to get it before it comes all the way out. That's exactly what that was. He was, he was that running. was the BGs already came in. I got the first sign of leakage, <laughs> and I got to go to the junk. Like, this is a no. cold red, a cold purple for them, I guess. <laughs> they said a cold purple. No, bro. Every, we, we are athletes, bro. We know yes, that. Yes, we are. I'm saying, we know that when you're running, you know, a certain way, you can, you know, get that cramp started back up. You know, he running straight leg, trying to stop it from cramping. At least Did you see him juke the equipment kid, bro, at the that's, door? Nah. He he jumped out, bro. So he was trying to get to the bathroom. 
he would have he would have been just stopped if he was cramping. Yeah, I'm saying he was a real athletic for somebody that was cramping, huh? Thank you, Vance. I just don't think he had the number two like that, bro. But y'all got it. Y'all got it. Excuse me. I What's up, Josh? I mean, he might have been cramping. A moment he of unalterated honesty. All three of us are athletes like Nick has said. It's going to get a little vulgar. Bro. Not vulgar. A little nasty. But I really don't care. All of us have worn tights in a game before, correct? Yeah. All of us have worn white tights in a game before, correct? Yeah. Have you ever worn your white tights? And they were the exact same color after your event. Lie and tell no, me you. Nah. Thank you, Vance. Thank you, Nick. So both of y'all know what's going on. Y'all know because y'all are men and you understand what happens on a football field. Any, any extended event. A football game is how long? Three and a half, four hours? You have to use the restroom in that time period yeah. usually anyway. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Mine be more like yeah, dirty. dehydrated after games, bro. After games, I have headaches, bro. What are you talking about? Definitely dehydrated. I just said the length, brother. I, I feel what you're saying. I just said the length of a football game. What, four hours? Yeah. You would use the restroom, what, about three, two to three times during that time period? If you was to have a regular day, right? Hey, there's nothing wrong. I mean, I, I feel ain't. like he wasn't the one to admit it. But I ain't never did nothing in my <laughs> Y'all crazy. Brother, you already said you've had worn white tights and they weren't the same color. After you yeah, but, like, they were, like, you know, don't, brother. Hey, it, it wasn't. It wasn't nothing like that because y'all are kind of crazy, boy. Y'all are crazy. What? Okay, so what was it then? What was it? I'm saying thank you. It's just regular dirt, bro. It ain't like you know. I you, just heard dirt. Sweat in dirt. Yes. From your cheeks, bro. From your cheeks. You were sweating on your cheeks. Yes. Your cheeks is like, dang, bro. I'm hot so down be, here. Be for real, bro. Y'all ass don't sweat. Like. Ass, actual yeah. ass? Yes. No. Like, yeah, does my butt bro. form sweat? Yes. So does we, your butt form sweat? Yes. After you, after a game, you take your, after a practice, that is, take, take your pants off, your compression. That's not booty sweat, though, is it? That's like a lot of other sweat. Well, I mean, it might be. I, produced I, I, from the booty. You know what? Yeah, you yeah, you done got yourself in trouble with me. I don't know what no, I, I was just saying, but <laughs> we're getting too in depth about some about some weird. Booty sweat. <laughs> the point is, the point is, you're right. The point is, there's nothing wrong with what happened to Lamar. Yeah, it's not wrong. I think he kind of played us by saying he was cramping. Obviously, he had the ability to juke out the little the little equipment guy. He wasn't cramping that bad. Yeah. You know, we all seen the walk. Have probably performed it where we had some leakage going on. <laughs> You know, there's no problem with it. He came back like Paul Pierce, goaded. He didn't have to even, he didn't even do the wheelchair. You know, yeah, what cramp, what extensive cramp that caused him to leave the game in the fourth quarter. And a then crucial he was able stretch to, in the fourth quarter where the crucial. Browns scored, what, 14 points and took the lead? So how, and he had to go to the locker room, bro. He had to go to the locker room for cramps. He wasn't on the field. He wasn't on the field. You can stretch out on the field. Locker room for cramps, bro. Come on, bro. I ain't never heard of that. Right. Hey, we out here like, yeah. Vance know what's going on. Hey, dump that thing real quick, man. <laughs> I'm lobbing up to you. Go ahead and slam it down, bro. Yeah. <laughs> ah, come on, talk, now. Talking about Lamar and his cramps, we're going to talk about the heroics he pulled coming back from those cramps. He comes back uh, fourth and five after Trace McSorley gets injured, the backup. Comes back, rolls to the right, throws a touchdown to Hollywood Brown. 
Browns come back, tie the game. He leads a game-winning drive to set up a Justin Tucker field goal for the win. So I would say that might be the greatest comeback performance I've ever seen after an injury. So what did you guys see? Hold on, hold on, bro. You're not going to keep calling me bad taking. you giving this man the best performance ever after he came back from a boo-boo. We're not going to do that. I mean, it's we're, him or Paul. It's Willis him. Reed done came back from a torn ligaments. People that came back. Well, I'm saying in the same game. I'm saying in the same game. No, 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 no. I'm saying in the same game. It's really either him or Paul Pierce, so. <laughs> Somebody else did something. He said him and Paul Pierce. Yeah, I got Isaiah Thomas messed up, bro. He dropped 40 after spraining his ankle in the first quarter. Oh, uh, yeah. He dropped yeah. 40 in one quarter? Yeah. What was this? No, no, not in one quarter. I'm about bro. to say, boy, Isaiah Thomas. No, he, he sprained. This is back in, no, not not. Not, not, not midget Isaiah Thomas, Pistons Isaiah <laughs> The Jordan, Jordan he, hater Isaiah he, he had He had 25 in a quarter. Fun fact, bro. This was the first game ever in the modern era where there was nine rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Ridiculous. Hey, they, they are there with them leather, they there with them leather helmets running that eye formation. Yeah. So, you know, talking about that, nine rushing touchdowns, this game moves the Ravens to eight and five. Like I said earlier, uh, you know, puts them, ties them with the Dolphins for the last wild card spot in the AFC. Knocks the Browns down to nine and four. You know, they're still in the wild card race too. And now the Ravens have the tiebreaker over the Ra- over the Browns as they uh, swept the season series with them. So, how do y'all see the end of the season playing out for the Ravens and the Browns? Who ends up in the playoffs? Who doesn't? And who's mm. the be- who's the better suited team to win in the playoffs? So look, looking at these schedules real quick, the Browns, I think they go two and one in their last three games. They got uh, two easy games. They still got the Jets. Look, I'm sorry, Josh. They, <laughs> the they should be the Giants. Browns over the Giants. Browns over the Jets. Then they play the Steelers. Give me give the Browns over Steelers, bro. It's a tough hustle. Oh, man. So I'm gonna go three and zero for the Browns. So therefore, they keep their their status. Yeah. The Ravens, I think they go three and zero. Also, they play the Jaguars, the Giants, the the Bengals to finish out the season. So I think they go three and zero. Also, and they both go three and zero. They got to play the Patriots, mm, toss up Raiders, toss up Bills, toss up. Mm, mm. They not gonna go three and zero. So yeah. the Dolphins, you know, the odds down. Yeah, and so, you know, with that, Vance, we, we kind of predicting Browns, Ravens get those uh, two of those three wild card spots. So which team do you guys think is best suited uh, for a deep playoff run, the Ravens or the Browns? Depends on what they can make it. Well, it really doesn't. Mm. Uh, the Browns have a better defense. The Ravens have a better secondary, though, because uh, San Diego might be the worst safety in the NFL right now. So. <laughs> All right, so – Josh, tell me who you think is the better suited team for the playoffs, the Browns or the Ravens? The Ravens obviously made it to the AFC Championship game last year. The Browns have been the laughing stock of the league for almost a quarter of a century now. Um, give, me the, give me the Ravens. As always, another week of NFL action, another week of game balls. I'm going to start it out. My game ball goes to Stephon Diggs, 10 catches, 130 yards, a touchdown and a big win versus the Steelers on Sunday night. 
he was able to take advantage of that steal the secondary. He's become he's becoming one of Josh Allen's favorite targets. And, you know, he's just a spark that Bill's offense needed. You see the uh, improvement Josh Allen has had from year two to year three. And I think Stephon Diggs is a, bit, is a big factor in that improvement. So who you guys got for uh, y'all's game balls this week? Well, I'm going to give it to do with the five seconds. Hassan Riddick, you know, actually terrorized Memphis a couple of years at Temple, you know, off the edge before he went to the NFL. 11th pick overall, you know, mm. pretty high for a Temple edge rusher. You know, highway speed guy, typical disruptive edge. Uh, not actually, because he actually played outside linebacker more than pure edge rusher at Temple. Off the ball guy, but quick as a hiccup still. Five sacks. And it's crazy because you you, uh, you hear five sacks and be like, oh, well, he must have been killing or he must have been, you know. Actually, you know, not to say that somebody with five sacks ever really, ever really disappointed, but it just kind of, you know, he got one off of um, – Daniel Jones apparently patting the ball too long, kind of bull rushed his man yeah. to one. He did execute a beautiful arm over, but uh, that's the thing about it. That's the thing. This is really why I want to give them the game ball. He did this, and he's not even a pure pass rusher. Yet. He's winning with pure athleticism. He's the. I'm not gonna say y'all gonna kill me, and I really don't care. But I, Go on and let it rock. No, bro, I'm good. He's just he's winning off pure athleticism and no skill. He's doing he's literally like in the NFL. This is not college. He's not a Temple. He's literally doing this to offensive tech. Literally. Literally, I keep saying Andre Thomas, Andrew Thomas, uh, third best tackle in the NFL right now, according to PFF. Two sacks, and that's the thing one on all, which was that's gonna be on D line bid. But then the other one, he just kind of, I'm gonna run around you a little faster, I'm gonna redirect, I'm gonna play basketball with you. Five sacks, three force fumbles, you know, and he's not even a pass rusher yet, he's not even a true mm. pass rusher yet. So, Vance gonna close it out with your game ball. Mm, yeah, I'm gonna have to go with the man with the plan. You know, he has yards away from 2,000 yards, 468 yards away from 1,000 rushing on the season with three games left. Derrick Henry last week he had 26 carries, 215 yards. Two touchdowns, that, uh, just really just dominant, bro. Like, you know you're going to have to stack the box, and he still gets his yards that he wants. He's going to get what he wants. And, uh, bro, if he gets to 2,000, bro, I, I don't see how you can't give him the MVP, bro. I really don't. Yeah. Most dominant back in the league, hands down. To wrap this week's episode up, we got our slate of NFL pick'em games. So we're going to start it out right now. Chiefs at Saints. Drew Brees questionable return for the Saints uh, this week. Oh uh, yeah, I'm not gonna play with the Saints, bro. I mean, I, I mean the Chiefs, bro. It's late. It's late. I met the Chiefs, of course. I'm about to say, it is late, Chiefs. Yeah, yeah I think there's a clean sweep because I'm taking the Chiefs in this one too. Next game we got Bears at Vikings. I'm gonna start this one out. Mr. Bisky looked good last week. Uh, throwing for over 200 yards, three tutties. Give me the Bears. Uh, Bears Vikings. Mitch Trubisky has looked slightly non incompetent. Uh, give me the Vikings. Man. I think Kirk Cousins actually had a good game too. Give me the Bears. Give me the whatever the purple team. I don't care. The Vikings, yeah, bro. Give me the Vikings. I'm gonna bet against you. That is dealing, you know, the giddy bros. So yeah, the gritty nah. bros, bro. That <laughs> boy Jetta's got a gritty. It's uh, uh, well, have you not seen his progress, bro? Adam I haven't seen his progress from week one compared to last week. He can actually gritty, bro. 
Uh, so he's been in the lab. Yeah, let, me find out, let me find out they out here repping gritty rips like Jug Machine. <laughs> that, that'd be kind of hard. That would. <laughs> let me find out they out there. I right, Adam, you got 50 gritties before you can lead the field, bro. <laughs> let me find out that's what's happening out there. This man is a man. Nah, brother, you got to hit it with the two. You, like, really talking to them. Because you know how them boot boys be. Like, they not. Hey, what, what do they put out the ladder? It's like, look. The gritty ladder. <laughs> How would that look? Because you got to hit the one, one, two. One, one, two. <laughs> I mean, it's a good foot, footwork drill, to be honest, bro. Yeah. Really I've been practicing in the mirror. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Y'all are lame. Y'all are lame. In the mirror? Bro, if I was still playing, bro, best believe that would be my sack dance, bro. Y'all are lame. And then the Knicks said, like, he's not even playing no more. Oh, Is that bro. not your sack dance for next season, bro? He probably gonna hit the shoot or something. <laughs> <laughs> the man said, "Like that was 2017, lost <laughs> man." You um, give me Sean Marion, Marion man, lights out eyes, bro. That's the, that's the vibe I get. I am a, I am a yeller though. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I probably will. If, hopefully, I have enough. I can pull it out one time. It ain't gonna be nothing. Now, I'm, I've never, I've never been a really a sack celebration guy. Like I don't plan mine out. That seems kind of dumb to me. Like that. I ain't gonna get a sack. I'm gonna get you mic'd up. <laughs> oh wow. We gotta get Josh. <laughs> all seventy-five people at our game, besides the Jack State one, gonna be. Yeah, all y'all be quiet. The crowd gonna be like, we're already quiet, bro. It's okay. We're not making that much noise. We're not disturbing the, the flow. Last game of this week's pick, pick them, Seahawks at Washington Football Team. Who y'all got? Mm-hmm. Considering they just beat the Steelers and the Seahawks just lost. No, they come no. off of no, they definitely just beat the absolute living life out of y'all on Sunday. Oh, that don't even count, bro. That like for real. Like that, that doesn't even hold weight. Like they didn't even the lose three. before us. <laughs> no, didn't they lose before us? Uh yeah, they lost to the Giants before y'all, but check this out, Josh. Bro, y'all, like we're a JV team. Bro. Josh, listen. Y'all flew across the country. From New York hey, to Seattle, I am not on the team to lose forty to three. How does that make you feel as a fan? I play for Prairie I am a podcaster. Then they have I, to fly back for- to New York after losing forty to That's three. That's sad though. But think about it. They're like out there getting embarrassed in front of national TV. But guess what? They get to go home. I still play in the NFL. I still live in New York City. I think they win. I think they are winning. But uh, that is kind of embarrassing. More than kind of, really yeah. embarrassing. So like, what if you was at your job all day, then just like you just sucked and you just kept sucking at your job? And they was like, Yeah, bro, you know, we're gonna keep giving you the same responsibilities, even though you suck at it, you know, <laughs> you'll get it eventually. <laughs> so, who wins this game, Josh? Seahawks, Washington football team. The classic, the classic case of defense versus offense. I want to pick Washington so bad. You said you want to pick. Washington, bro. I really do. I think that D. I think that D line is gonna get to him. See, I was about to say he's gonna, he's gonna, but I was about to make it, so I can't say you have a good reason. Yeah, he's. They're gonna. They're gonna. Russell Wilson's gonna throw three picks. Give me Washington by a field goal. Josh, I thought it already went. Oh, you you taking Washington too? Not say Seattle. Oh. Yeah. I, I say a bounce back game. Oh my bad, my bad. As much as I want to, you know. Give credit to the Washington football team. 
we've seen the Seahawks lose to similarly constructed teams. You lost to the Rams, things like that. I still think the Seahawks win this game, man. Let Russ cook. I'm going to keep it that simple. And so with that, that's episode 32 in the books for us, y'all. Magic episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure y'all like, comment, subscribe. What's magic about this one? You know, oh, Magic. magic. Yeah, he won. Oh, like, what's, what's Magic about this? Nothing. Anybody that's wondering, because that's a very big TV that Nick has in the back. Last time I was at Nick's house, the last time I was invited, he didn't invite me again. Castration. No, I just kind of did that boy really dirty on the matting. So just know that anybody out there that wants Nick Hayes to do a job or wants to see him for, you know, professional opportunity, just know that he's a sore loser. He's non-committal. He's unable to finish tasks that he starts. And he's a quitter. So if he starts your job, he's going to quit if he gets frustrated. If the person keeps running third down out routes, he's going to quit. He's going to quit. So anybody that has, you know, any respectable opinion of Nick, lose it immediately. Like all those people at White Station and all 12 of the people at Millsap that elected them all these damn clubs that he's on. And I got to write his damn bio out like a, a slave. Take him out. Take him off all them. Take him off all the clubs. Take him off all that. Uh, he's a horrible person. I would recommend him for nothing. What's up? Appreciate that uh, letter of recommendation. I got you, fool. You're my boy. What's up? And so, uh, hopefully, you know, all the listeners give us a nice letter of recommendation. Hope they enjoyed this episode. And make sure y'all stay tuned because we're coming back to y'all with another episode. And of course, we out of here. Wear your mask. Stay black.